Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about an egg-shaped craft at Area 51. That's correct, an egg-shaped craft at Area 51. Now, I'd recommend that you hold on tight because we're about to enter some high strangeness, as they say. This article is from dailymail.co.uk. The title says, Secrets of Area 51. Metallic egg-shaped UFO the size of an SUV was kept at the highly classified Air Force Base in the 1980s, whistleblower claims. Eric Tabor, defense aerospace contractor for 13 years, told DailyMail.com, an egg-shaped metallic UFO kept at Area 51 in the 1980s. He revealed the story his late great-uncle Sam Urquhart, that's spelled U-R-Q-U-H-A-R-T, an Area 51 contractor told him about a UFO at the mysterious desert base. Tabor testified in May to the Pentagon's UFO investigation unit who are collecting accounts of alleged government possession of non-human craft. Now, I've been critical of these guys as far as their efforts to collect uh, reports, but maybe they've got one here. Let's see. This article is by Josh Boswell for DailyMail.com. It's dated December 11th, 2023. And they begin by saying, an egg-shaped Metallic UFO was kept at Area 51 in the 1980s, a whistleblower claims, an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com. This sounds like some of the, some of the, of the uh, Bob Lazar stuff that we've heard. Engineers at the Nevada Air Base claimed the CIA found the strange craft in the desert and brought it to them for investigation, but later shipped it to another base after they were unable to get inside the object. You know, I have a little issue right there. I mean... The CIA found it in the desert. For one thing, the CIA is not supposed to be operating inside the United States. And secondly, what, do they have CIA agents, you know, walking around out in the desert out there? I don't know. But it does give you an idea of how compartmentalized this stuff is and how many different tentacles of the deep state we have out there trying to grab this stuff and pick it up. Now, <laughs> the CIA shipping this stuff to an army base, that's also questionable to me. It seems like these guys would just hang on to anything that they had. Eric Tabor has been a defense aerospace contractor for 13 years and has held a security clearance to work on military aircraft. It says in an interview at DailyMail.com, he revealed the story his late great uncle Sam Urquhart, an Area 51 contractor, told him about a UFO at the mysterious desert base. And then it has a picture of him here with his uncle. It's got, it's got a, a, a illustration of this craft. It's kind of this large egg-shaped craft. I don't know, big enough for a couple people to get into, I suppose. Just sitting there in the desert. I mean, it, it's a cool picture. And it says, a rendering of the metallic egg-shaped UFO is seen. X-rays couldn't penetrate it. It showed up on X-ray as a solid object. They tried to open it and penetrate its hull. They couldn't, Tabor said. That's the first thing they want to do. They want to penetrate it. I mean, who knows? This thing could be some kind of an explosive for crying out loud. But, you know, that's our government going right in there just pounding away at this stuff. Okay, it says, uh, Tabor testified in May to the Pentagon's UFO investigative unit, the All Domain 
Anomaly Research Office who are collecting accounts of alleged government possession of non-human craft. The claim, though an unverified story from a now-deceased witness, now, now that's not correct. This is this is hearsay. That's the legal definition of the story. Uh, the story may or may not be from the deceased witness. The deceased witness, of course, is deceased and no longer able to tell us whether this guy just made this up or if he actually uh, imparted this information to this young man. Anyway, it says, has a long history of rumors about potential extraterrestrial craft or futuristic spaceships stored at the Nevada Desert Air Base near Groom Lake, north of Las Vegas. The news comes after whistleblowers told Congress the government has a secret program to capture crash or landed non-human vehicles and has for decades been attempting to glean technological insights from these alleged out-of-this-world objects. The claims have prompted lawmakers to draft legislation to disclose any such programs currently working its way through Congress. Tabor spoke to DailyMail.com only about his great uncle's story, declining to comment on any of his own work as a defense contractor. He said he struck up a friendship with his grandmother's brother after moving to the West Coast from Mississippi in 2012. The younger engineer said he repeatedly quizzed Urquhart on the truth about rumors of aliens at Area 51 and was always brushed off, but one day Urquhart relented. My great uncle served in the Air Force for 28 years, E-8 rank, equivalent to a first sergeant, Tabor told DailyMail.com. He told me he worked at Area 51 from 1997 until 2014. Well, first rank, it says to a first sergeant, so that's better than being a grunt. But that's not like even, you know, at, at really an officer level, say lieutenant or a captain or whatever. I mean, I know that much. I don't know a lot about the military, but I know that that's not that far up the food change. I mean, this is a kind of, this is a kind of uh, ranking you could achieve without going through, uh, you know, formal education, uh, whether, you know, military school or university or whatever. I think when you get out of university, if you join the military, typically you, you go in as a first lieutenant, someone can... Somebody can uh, correct me on that, but I don't think he went as a sergeant. I don't think. Urquhart began his job at Area 51 working for defense contractor EG&G, which later partnered with Raytheon to become JT3 LLC and subsequently JT4 LLC. He was head of security for his engineering group and a data configuration specialist. His group did radar cross-section testing and then it has a badge here that his uncle had given him it says Eucart gave Tabor a badge with his department's insignia with symbols alluding to the role working on radar signals at the area 51. It's got some radar little towers there with uh, zeros and ones and a lightning bolt and a uh, kind of a silver orb in the middle of it. It says measure, analyze, project. Now I mean I'll put these at the Buy Me a Coffee website and at the co-fi.com website and you can take a look at them and if there's it if there's anybody out there in the military, they can they can let us know if this seems legit or not. It goes on. It says, uh, I kept asking him about UFOs. He said, I know nothing. Then one day we were on his back porch and he said, okay, I'll tell you about one craft that I knew of. He said, when I first got there in 1997, I had a personal conversation with a senior EG&G engineer whose group was tasked with trying to reverse engineer an object that was brought there by some CIA people in the 1980s. It was supposedly just found in a remote desert location fully intact. The senior EG&G engineer described to my 
to my great uncle that it was egg-shaped about the size of an SUV, smooth and seamless, metallic looking, silverish gray in color with no control surfaces, no flaps, no inlet, no exhaust, and no writing or symbols on the outside. These are the best and brightest engineers you can think of. They tried to no avail to figure out what the power source was, how to achieve it, and how it works. They tried to induce electricity to it. X-rays couldn't penetrate it. It showed up on X-ray as a solid object. They tried to open it and penetrate its hull. They couldn't. They said they were able to get some very small samples of the material, and I'm not an expert in chemistry, but I guess from the isotope ratio or the mixture of the elements, they concealed it was not made on Earth. Well, I'm not sure how they could get samples if they couldn't cut it or scrape it or scratch it or anything like that, but that's what they say. And we've heard about this lots of times with stuff, uh, you know, being discovered as implants, how the isotopes show up and that they're not of this world. That's what I'd be really interested in the government doing, is doing some real uh, serious research on some of these implants, which always seem to disappear or, or just get ignored or debunked. Now, it has a it has a copy of the interview he did here, which is nice. Picture of the kid. It says, Tabor said he decided to come forward to push for limited disclosure of what he believes is the truth about non-human craft in the government's position. Limited disclosure, I'm not sure really if that's what we need because once you start limiting disclosure, then that's another uh, euphemism, I think, for controlling the narrative. Tabor said Urquhart told him eventually the craft was shipped to another base, possibly White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, and that was the last the engineers heard about it. But Urquhart Hart had one more shocking twist in his story. My great uncle would collect radar data and bring it into secure vaults to catalog and store it, Tabor said. He was in one of these secure data vault storage rooms in the main control building, nicknamed the Taj Mahal, when on the wall he saw an up-close crystal clear photograph of the exact same object that the senior engineer had discussed. Tabor shared pictures with DailyMail.com that Urquhart showed him, including a group photo with his Area 51 engineer colleagues in a brake trailer at the base and an insignia patch designed for their radar analysis group. I don't know. I kind of have a hard time if someone's going to have a picture of this top secret item setting up in a, you know, the, a radar vault room. If this is what's going on, uh, things are, are, are way more jacked up than what we realize. But the alleged smoking gun photo of the egg-shaped craft never left Area 51 vault. Yeah, that sounds a little too wild for me. I don't know. I'm just going to put it out there for you. Sam said the American people would probably never get to see it, Tabor told DailyMail.com. Tabor admitted he sold his great-uncle's patch for $600 on eBay in March when he was strapped for cash, a move he now regrets. Well, is this a motive for this guy that he needs money and this is why he's telling the story? I don't know. Urquhart, a 28-year Air Force veteran who served in the Vietnam and Gulf Wars, died in August last year, age 75. His story has now been documented by the Pentagon's UFO Investigative Office, AARO, after Tabor was interviewed by staff in May. A memo of his account, along with other reports and witness statements, is due to be compiled and sent to Congress next year. Tabor said that AARO staffers were professional and non-threatening, adding, I was surprised at how interested they were. Tabor said he decided to come forward to push for limited disclosure of what he believes is the truth about non-human craft in the government's position. I did this interview in a way that I feel doesn't disclose technical information our adversaries could exploit, he said. Despite what people think, secrets can be kept. If you're getting paid well, if you have a security clearance, if, you're si- if you've signed a non-disclosure agreement, you're going to be happy and you're going to work hard and you're not going to 
and you're going to keep your mouth shut. Disclosure has to be done very carefully. We don't want our enemies to know everything about what we've got. But I do believe wholeheartedly that humanity deserves to know the truth. If we have recovered these non-human objects or craft, which 100% I believe we have, I think we're too far down the rabbit hole to ever get these guys to tell us what they have, honestly. It says here, Yerkerwat's former employee, EG&G, was linked to other claims of a secret government program holding crashed alien craft. Physicist and intelligence officer Dr. Eric Davis allegedly met with then-Deputy Director of Defense Intelligence Agency Vice Admiral Thomas Wilson in the parking lot of an EG&G site in Las Vegas in 2002 and wrote notes of what Wilson told him. You know, I'm not really that excited about these meetings in parking lots. I just don't think it's a good idea. According to the notes, the Vice Admiral told Davis that in the early 2000s he uncovered but was denied access to a secret program run by a defense contractor that retrieved and attempted to reverse engineer UFOs. The bombshell controversial documents claim Wilson found discrepancies in budgets that led him to the program run by an aerospace technology contractor, one of the top ones in the U.S. Discrepancies in the budget. Now, I've been harping on this for a week or two now. The Defense Department was audited. They could not come up with half of their stuff. $1.55 trillion. I read the article. You can go back and look it up. That Bernie Sanders and Chuck Grassley did. Two politicians. Okay, they're both old white guys. But they're on the opposite end of the spectrums. You know, you got Sanders just clear out here. They're very, very, very left-lean. And then you got Chuck Grassley, who's, who's pretty conservative. Okay. Both saying, hey, we're missing $1.55 trillion. We've got to find this money. Now, how do you lose half your assets, half your tanks, half your bullets, half your airplanes, half your ships? That's a tremendous amount of money. Could it be this money's being dumped into these black projects? Just just funneled in there? Boom. Like a, like a black hole? Never to be seen again? $1.5 trillion, $9,000 per taxpayer. Pair. That's enough money to effectively create a whole uh, second economy, a whole second government, a whole second society. You see what I'm saying? These guys could be running on space dust for all we know. We funded it to our own demise, I think. One and a half trillion dollars. Crazy. Davis has declined to publicly confirm their authenticity, though his friend and ex-senior Pentagon official Christopher Mellon wrote in his blog last year that Davis is, in fact, the author. Well, this gets a little sketchy when you bring Chris Mellon in because, you know, it seems like he knows a thing or two about passing things off in parking lots. Seems to be kind of an M.O. there, which makes me a little bit... Um, skeptical of some of the things that are said in this article, but we'll go ahead. Wilson has vociferously denied ever meeting Davis, telling journalist Ross Coulthard that he was in an isolated camp in Maine during October 2002 and had only been to Vegas once, a deployment to Nelson Air Force Base in 1979 or 80. The notes were entered into congressional re record by Wisconsin Congressman Mike Gallagher at the historic UFO hearing last year. Notorious Area 51 worker Barb Lazar I don't know if Bob is notorious. I think he's controversial. Uh, I think he passed a polygraph. I, I have questions about Bob, but he's also said some things that really that really turned my head. And a lot of people like Bob. Probably some of my most listened to podcasts were about Bob Lazar. So whatever he's saying is resonating with people. And you just can't write him off as a complete nutter.
So I don't know uh, everything Bob says is true or false or whatnot. Some of the things I'm like, wow, I think that's kind of crazy. And then you find out later that it's been uh, confirmed by somebody else. So I'm, I'm just putting Bob in the maybe column. I, you know, that's all I can do with Bob. Tabor said his great uncle told him he knew Lazar worked at the base, but that much of his story was fabricated. He was only there for a few months, Tabor said. He states there was a site called S4 at the base of the Papoose Mountains with nine hangar sections built into the side of the mountain housing nine flying saucers. My great uncle said it's bogus. The only thing Papoose had was some radio tower equipment. That was his take on it. Well, I don't know. What do you know? I, it seems like everything they run there is in a need-to-know basis. I find it interesting that they'll wait to the very end of the article before he slams poor old Bob. So, I found some interesting stuff in this. I mean, take it for what it's worth. This Is is this a controlled narrative? Is this somebody uh, trying to make some money off a situation? Or is this somebody who was really told a story by their uncle and they're being honest with it? I don't know. But I, I did a little work around looking for... for uh, Eric Davis because, or Dr. Eric Davis, because, man, that name sounds familiar. And he's kind of a, he's he, he's kind of a, like a regular guy in, in this sort of stuff. Uh, you can find stuff on him. It's an interesting guy. I think he's a smart guy. Controversial, like a lot of them. Uh, I'll put the link in the Buy Me Coffee and the Ko-Fi. As always, thanks to people that support over there on Spotify. But he did this podcast, and there was like a five-minute segment. I think he could do a whole show on it. But at the very end of the podcast, uh, he made a statement. He said, this is from Dr. Eric W. Davis, uh, the, the guy they were just talking about here. UFOs have not been benevolent. It's all been just hide and seek. Hide and seek. Use stealth as much as possible so that humans don't see us in the environment. And when they want to expose ourselves, we expose ourselves, do our little fun games, and then take off. They may be testing our technology. They may be testing the U.S. Navy's capability when they do this. And also, they've done it with the Air Force, too. So he seems to view the whole UFO thing in a somewhat uh, darker uh, view, a little more skeptical that these things are here to help us. Uh, I'm kind of the same way, I have to admit. But it's what I find about this whole story, this egg-shaped UFO that they're now reporting was at uh, Area 51, you start to see some of the same uh, players bubble up to the surface, you know, getting in their two cents worth. And we don't really have a lot of documents to back anything up. We have secondhand information and hearsay. And like what Grush has been putting forward there, that's not firsthand evidence. That's hearsay as far as, as, far as you know, the legal systems is concerned. It's something somebody told him. That's what he says. Now, until he can out these people and say, hey, this person said this to me, and then we can go back and either confirm or deny that, then all we have is hearsay, okay? Not even really good evidence, just hearsay. So we have to be able to cross-examine that other witness, and we're not able to do that right now. But one of two things are happening here. Either we're, we've got the gears are kind of moving slowly, and we've got some people thinking about coming forward and sharing some really cool stories, or this is part of a bigger uh, parallel narrative to keep people from the real truth, which could be. Notice this young guy, he's saying, hey, limited disclosure. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over now. out.